Performance time, come on and grab your friends, we're going to find a memory leak. I've got no friends, but virtual users, soap tests never end, it's performance time. Welcome back to performance time. I'm Stephen Townsend, and this is the show about human beings and performance engineering. Over the last year and a half, I've been involved mostly with one major program of work, which involves many different technology components. Quite recently, as part of this program of work, I have been brought into a multidisciplinary squad with people from all over the organization who have a focus on the customer experience of our web applications. A significant number of the people in this squad are customer experience or user experience experts. And this is actually the first time that I've worked alongside customer or user experience experts. So it's been a real learning experience for me, and I'm only just at the beginning of this journey. Now, when I came into the squad, I thought that performance was a big area of concern, that uh, this particular website in question was too slow, and we needed to do something about it. The funny thing is, I actually don't have any evidence to back that up. In fact, the evidence that I do have from working in this squad suggests that the customer frustrations that we do have have very little to do with performance or response times in particular. One of the activities carried out by the squad was user testing. So this is when you go out and you get a group of people from a variety of different backgrounds and you get them to use a particular web application, and you ask them focused questions about their experience as they go. Most of the frustrations that they commented about had nothing to do with response time or performance at all. They were things like the positioning of elements on a page which are annoying to get to, or too much text on the screen, or having to re-enter information that you'd already entered previously. Or maybe just the journey between parts of your website feeling disjointed. And all of this left me with a question. How do we know whether performance is the cause of poor customer experience or all good customer experience, or whether it's any of these other things which have nothing to do with performance? At first, I was under the impression that this was going to be kind of easy to get data around it. We could just log into our APM tooling or our real user monitoring look at the drop-off rates for each step of a customer journey, and that would tell us where the pain points are. My experience in the real world has been that getting that information isn't as easy as it sounds, especially for single-page apps, which are extremely common. The challenge there is that the various pages or screens of your web application don't have a unique URL. So when you go into your APM tool you can't see which request matches up with which step of the customer journey because they all have the same URL. Unless, of course, you had developers who were involved in the setting up of your APM tooling and hopefully using APM as well. Then they can add, I don't know, an HTTP header or some kind of tag which lets you know which step of the customer journey each request represents. Let's say you do get the data and you can see each step of the customer journey and what the drop-off rates are, maybe looking at a funnel-type graph. The thing is, you still don't know whether those customers dropped off because of performance or some other usability issue. 
So I asked the question on LinkedIn. I said, how do we measure the impact of performance on customer experience, specifically performance? And I had a variety of answers. Most of them didn't really tackle the challenge directly, but I wanted to share what I did find out today. So firstly, we already mentioned user testing. So this is a way that we can get direct information about how performance, in particular responsiveness, impacts the customer experience. But it is subjective. It is about the different people that you get to do your user testing, and you'll generally have a pretty small sample size. So the confidence that you have in those findings is fairly low. The second thing I thought about before I posted on LinkedIn was that we could do experiments in production. So what if we add an artificial delay to some of the steps of our web application, and then we observe how the customers in the real world respond to that? Now, I'm pretty sure there are many business contexts where this is just not possible, and I've never seen this happen before, but I think we'd learn a lot about the customers and whether how long a particular user action takes actually matters to them or not. So those are the only direct ways that I am aware of right now that we can measure the actual impact of performance, specifically response times, on customer experience. But on the discussion in LinkedIn, I was provided with an, a number of other reference points that we could use to help gauge whether or not we're in the right ballpark or not for great customer experience. First of all, uh, in the industry, there are some standardized ways that we can measure customer experience. For example, Google Rail is one way, or AppDex is another. So these give us hard and fast numbers to assess customer experience based on a framework. It probably won't surprise you to hear me say that I don't think there's a silver bullet one answer to whether customer experience is good or not. It depends on the context of each application, what it's used for, but also the technical landscape. Because you might have a situation where, yes, if we improve response times by a certain amount, we would get a lower drop-off rate or higher conversion rate. But the cost to do that might outweigh the benefit in terms of actual revenue for the company. Well-known performance expert and Perth Bytes co-host James Pulley shared his own experiences where users care most about whether a web page responds when they try to interact with it. So that is, if a web page looks like it's ready to be used, but there's still something rendering in the background which blocks a user from interacting with it, they're going to click a bunch of time and get frustrated. So the key metric that we can use here is the time between first user interaction and DOM interactive. If we keep this time down, then we'll avoid users being frustrated clicking on a frozen interface. According to James, just two of these frustration events almost guarantees that someone will abandon their session. Another idea that was floated around was kind of to forget about the customer experience and instead focus on pure component time budgets. So if you had a solution where there were 10 different components, you might focus on each of these services shouldn't take longer than 500 milliseconds or something like that. I don't agree with this because systems are continually getting more and more complicated and sprawling. So if you focus only on the service times of individual components, 
this is going to end up in a slower and slower user experience, potentially, as our solutions get more and more complex. So I think more than ever, we have to start with the customer experience in mind and then work our way backwards, which is, of course, easier said than done. There was another suggestion that you could benchmark your website or web application against your competitors as a point of reference. I think this is a pretty good idea. It lets you know if you're on the right ballpark or not, but it doesn't really address your customer behavior directly. So going back to James's point, you could have two websites with exactly the same elapsed response time, but one set of customers is frustrated because of a page that looks ready but is not interactable, and yet the other customers and the other website have a completely smooth experience. Now, I don't have any more answers. I am completely stumped in this area. I thought that I was far more advanced in my thinking around understanding customers and how performance impacts them than I actually am. But I'm working in this space right now and I'm looking forward to coming back at some point in the future with a more mature framework or set of guidelines to help us understand this and make sense of it. Thanks again for tuning in to Performance Time. Just a reminder that you can now follow me on Twitter at at perftestnz. And if you did find the time to review my podcast on any podcasting platform, that would be hugely appreciated. As always, this is Performance Time.